I am in an RV in Kansas. This is not the start of the Twister sequel that I think we're all really wanting. It is the start of the podcast here tonight, which means fighting way easier from outside of the cage. And I will already tell you, I've been in my sister's RV for two nights and I'm sizing up ways to remove furniture and add mats. With me, as always, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing this evening? Well, but you are aware there is a actual Twister reboot in the works, right? I was. Oh, my. What? I'm sorry. What? Yeah. How yeah, long have you known about something? Like With Helen? Um, don't know if she'll be in it, but the director of the Top Gun sequel is being eyed as a director for Twister the reboot. Are are you writing? Are you writing on it? Have you? God, you I wish I was. Team? How do we do that? I have ideas. <sighs> I think they missed okay. some things from from a romance perspective, but I don't think they missed anything about tearing up drive-in theaters because they're as popular as they've ever been and timely in this True. current situation. Pandemically, in these times, Kev. In these times, are right, I? Well, okay. Um, is this how far away is the Twister reboot? You've really thrown me off. We were going to talk about things. We had stuff on this podcast, I think, but I cannot yeah. believe there's an actual <laughs> Twister reboot in the mix. The Twister movie, the original one, is famous for – it used to be like a used section of music at my local warehouse. And my sister would always buy me CDs or tapes. And I remembered there was one song – from Van Halen, you know, Hagar Van Halen, that's basically just Sammy Hagar just screaming. And I was like, oh, my God, it's so bad, but I kind of love it. Can I have this? And it's the first and only time my sister ever said to me, no, I'm not buying that piece of shit for you. So <laughs> we found boundaries at a very young age. <laughs> One of the many times I would like to be firmly in your sister's camp. She wasn't wrong, but yet I don't think she understood that I had an ironic appreciation for it because I believe the song is called Human Beings or Human Being. It's really bad. I will lead us slightly back to topic because we've ventured. This is completely my fault. I threw a, <laughs> I threw a movie you were like, that movie is actually happening, and the next thing you know, 40 minutes have passed, and it's you and I doing a pretty good version of The View. I think people would yeah, enjoy absolutely. that. We have new friends I want to I want to talk about, because we're, we're dating someone. This is, mm -hmm. and you know, you don't always want to talk about it, but then you see their Tiger King rash guard, and you can't help yourself. You see the fact that they're a part of the World Wildlife Foundation... And you think, maybe I'm just smitten. Uh, we are talking about NogiBJJGear.com, where they have some extremely fantastic Nogi gear. You're going to find things across the board from men, women, youth, combo deals, what I will call just the Kevin Summer Fund situation because especially the panda raf the pandas pandas what is it with it. me and pandas i couldn't it was also the sleek black you know i like the arms dark with the white can't help it yeah 
we're excited to have them come on as partners on the show. So they're going to be sponsoring us. We wanted to be the first to tell you guys because you're a lovely audience and you show up week in and week out. And, you know, I mean, it's nice because they're really into what we do. And I, I have to tell you, it's not a secret what we do on this show. We've been doing it for close to eight years. So we always love it when people want to uh, work with us and we're excited about it. So Get ready to hear discount codes. Get ready to hear short promos. Um, and of course, you know, we'll always do them in the true verbal tap fashion because that's what you guys know and love. And I cannot wait to show up to Jiu-Jitsu Woodstock rocking some new gear. I know. <laughs> and do not, Raph and I have a new segment I'm going to be calling Tuxedo Rash Guard, but that'll be next time. Don't worry. <laughs> um, in the interim of still many many people thinking where is fight island what is fight island we've now seen an instagram post that has it has it at a all the check marks of fire festival except one which is does the person doing it have money that mm -hmm. check mark is additionally checked here which makes me feel confident but what i saw Gave me a real, we saw that scene in Mortal Kombat where Jax fights for the first time, and that's going to be it. This is interesting to me. But before we get there, we have Poirier versus Hooker, which was, holy S, an yeah. unbelievable fight. Kev, I've never been more convinced Dustin Poirier was on the way checking out mentally of that fight, just in terms of the staggering and the backing into the cage and the maybe the ref steps in at the nick of time before he looks like he's on a flurry out. But Dan Hooker and him produced, and I'll say it, I think it's probably the fight of the year. And I know it's weird to put these monikers to them, but the other candidates that they've been talking about I don't feel hold up, at least to this degree. Kev, this was a war. This was insane. I was trying to score it live as I was watching it. I was watching it with Star-Lord on our fight companion. I was going to ask, you blessed yeah, soul. You took Star-Lord custody on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I know. How was he? You were also, you know, Third Coast is going on during this, during the main event. What's the yes. what's the crossover? To give people an idea, we're going to talk about, obviously we're going to talk about the fights. The fights were exceptional. There was some real, and and Raph is not, you're being not as hyperbolic as I was about to be, which is, holy mackerel, was this the best fight of the year? And that's a stiff competition so far because it turns out people get mad after being quarantined. They're, just ready, they're ready to fight. And no crowds, I think, makes it brutal, which gives me some yeah. optimism about Fight Island. But we're going to cover a gamut of things. You were doing the live coverage, which we continue to plug on these shows and we continue to encourage to be a part of because go over to the Grappling Hour, see what Raph's doing. He's, he's live for these fights. What was the crossover with Third Coast Grappling? So Third Coast Grappling, they put on an eight-man kumite. I think this is their third. And uh, they had kumite, some notables. Kumite, kumite, <laughs> They had some notables like John Combs, friend of the show, Roberto Jimenez, uh, one of the Rotolo twins. They didn't tell us which one until they got there. Uh, no, just kidding. It was, it was Ty. And uh, they had, uh, I believe it was 
Pedro Mourinho was also in this tournament. Johnny Tama. It was a crazy-ass tournament. And it was also with Cody Steele and Wagner Hoche. So there was a lot of really big names in this one. And a lot of those matches were pretty interesting to see. The rules in the, the, you know, the whole scoring thing is still weird. But it was really fun. And I would like to announce this week's Grappling Hour Match of the Week, Kev. What, which is? It was a tough one. I had to go back and forth between this one and another one that this gentleman was involved in. But I ultimately decided this week's Grappling Hour sponsored match of the week goes to Roberto Jimenez and Ty Rotolo. This was the first match to start off the whole eight-man tournament. And Kev, it was a lot. Ty Rotolo came in looking to take home his leg. It was intense from the second they started, and Roberto looked very composed. He responded in turn. He was able to get the win in a very narrow ability in overtime when he was able to secure Rotolo's back uh, to get just the points for the golden score. But man, watching super Jimenez dope. fight though, I would try and I mean I would. I think it's sound strategy to try and attack his ankles because I want nothing to do with getting triangled. And he loves doing it. And That's what make, he, I would make me nervous to fight him up there. Yeah, and I mean he he's just really good at and consistent at finding it. Oh, did I mention Roberto Jimenez was on the grappling hour? What a weird experience. Um, but you know what, Kev? We discovered something, and I sent you this clip. What was the clip that I sent you? And maybe try to put into words the brilliant idea that I came up with as a result of some poor connection on his part. You declared officially for the world and i think it's important to note that not only did you declare it but the world accepted it thus it is fact it's a shared reality mm-hmm. one person thinks that it's a crazy idea multiple think it, it's a real fact this is 2020 that's where we are it's fair to say roberto jimenez finally submitted to someone and it was one rafa spars on a microphone i saw it I believe I heard through the rumor mill that it was via armbar because that mm-hmm. sounded right. So congrats to you, I think, is what is thank in you. order. I just want to thank my team, man. My team you really turned 22 and you tapped one of the best in the same weekend. You stud. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what's weird is that I feel like it's one of the best things to do now and i don't know why it took me this long to figure it out but if their feed ever cuts out they did technically tap out of the interview and the world has said yup tough one for roberto jimenez you know he's on such a run to 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 lose to someone frankly that i would call a little i just out of his league from a (laughs) loss perspective not expecting that you know i thought he was going to dominate it but what can you do that's that's what happens when you don't get on the right cell phone plan but kev i mean altogether very fun uh his next match was against john combs and they had a fun match that went to overtime as well a few times now yeah but you know what's interesting about john combs and uh one roberto jimenez is that for a split second we saw johnny looking for that guillotine of his 
and then Roberto popped out real quick. Then Roberto was looking for his triangle to begin with. Looks like he's making some inroads, and then they go to overtime, and then he's able to start using it as a sweep because he chooses to go with closed guard with it, which is a weird thing to, that they do on this rule set, by the way. Anyway, but he, ha- he starts with closed guard, and then I think he ends up getting the tap on a kind of like a Americana triangle armbar, which is insane. Um but, man, it was really, really good to see. So we have a, a lot of appreciation for that. And then an entirely different war between Roberto and Wagner, which went, if you're wondering, exactly like it sounds on paper with the two of them standing up the entire time. And just a very different style of match where you saw Wagner trying to get him to fall a little bit into his game. And Roberto kept very consistent and kept his head on and ended up winning 10k by referee's decision because they exceeded even overtime. So, uh big big congrats to those folks. Very very happy for the good show. And Kev, this is the worst part. This is how you know the children are the ones who compete. After they finish competing, Cody, the Tackets, Johnny Combs all went out and apparently played a nighttime midnight game of football of some sort. What does that mean? Exactly? I don't know, except I saw the photo and it was with them. They had a like a football that they were holding. And Cody's like, nothing like a good midnight football game. And I was like, children, sit down. No one is asking you to go play football after competing earlier in the day. It's too much. So anyway, I asked Cody who won. And he's like, obviously, I did. So if anybody has more intel on that, I'd be happy to relay that to everybody. But I did my due diligence to try and find that out for you guys. You always do your best. Yes. Sometimes, you know, to varying degrees of success. We'll, <laughs> we'll get into that in the record later. Anything else to call out who who ultimately won the third uh, it was It was Roberto. Okay. So, yeah. And it is funny to to see these guys kind of in the same circuit. It's a fun hungry group of jujitsu fighters right now but that will swing us on over to the ufc fight card starring dustin the diamond Poirier versus dan hooker dan hooker is legitimately terrifying even for an english person rap i mean i guess new zealander but he has a very um bisping like anger to him so (laughs) that was a fun i mean Fight-wise, unanimous decision. I agreed with it. I thought Poirier won. Did you feel like there was a case for Hooker? No. Um, I thought Hooker looked like he was pretty close to stopping Poirier a number of times. I but agree. I would argue that after that second round or third round where it looked like they might stop the fight and then they called it right at the middle of a round, um by the end of the fight, you saw the reversal of fortune as Dustin Poirier somehow came back to life and Hooker looked exhausted and had to be helped basically back up while Dustin Poirier looked like, man, that was fun. Let's do that again. And all I could think of was, this is insane. Kev, these were damage blows. These were intense vibes. Like, it was really, really hectic, man. And I... As much as I love the fight, there was still a lot of me that I was always watching it 
cringed at how ouch they were because the thing that happens is once people start getting hit they go into a sense of well if i'm gonna go down i'm gonna just not only going out swinging but with real impact on these blows and you could see the power being generated by both of these gentlemen as they both thought well this might be my last 20 seconds in this fight so let's go out with a bang unbelievable just in terms of everything from an effort from a bloody from uh who's winning this fight perspective i agree with you that poirier could have been out i also thought hooker could have been a few times and was just getting hammer fisted not doing anything and that's when it gets tough and ultimately there has to be a factor of is it that i can hear them getting hit I mm-hmm. had that epiphany again where they're struggling to just swing and it felt like, boy, this feels more intimate than it did. UFC, it's, I, maybe I'm on the hot take of the week, but I don't think we need crowds back. I am all set. I told you I love not seeing Kevin James at an MMA competition every time he's like, star of King of Queens. Like, yeah, we know. And mall cop. We, we know. Kevin James did everything for a long time. It's so good. But Poirier versus Hooker, if you haven't seen it, it's worth every bit of your watch, as is the next fight I'm about to talk about, which is Mike Perry, his girlfriend, in Mm -hmm. his corner, cracked me up, and it's all he needed because, oh, did he beat up on Mickey Gall. Big time. Yeah. Did you happen to see any of the in-between footage of the rounds? Absolutely. I was watching every bit of her icing him. And I had a, I did have a moment where I learned something about the UFC that obviously I don't know because I don't fight. I didn't mm. necessarily realize the people that worked on you weren't a part of your corner. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought a little bit of who fixed your cuts and helped you through that was the person you brought and maybe mike perry you can all pick the same person but that's when i realized was like oh it's just a oh no they're just here for everybody i would tell you if you guys haven't gone to look at the footage in between rounds and i i don't want to make this really like she's at fault i think that she got put into a weird circumstance of like my corner's my girl and it's like she just is he standing won, there. Fuck faces. She's one to know. She's a hundred percent. Actually, I will be really honest with you. I almost texted a couple of my friends who are fighters and cornermen, and was like, "She hey, has a better record than you." Marcus Koval, stop losing. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. I just like the fact that in between rounds, <laughs> it went exactly. Like I didn't know why I needed to see the footage. Because it just confirmed what I knew it would sound like. So it sounded like her going up to him with ice. And she's like, hey, you're doing a really good job. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, it's, thanks. It sounded like Kelly watching you eat tacos. It's like, <laughs> you're doing a really good job. Do, do you need some ice on your neck? It's like, I do. Thank you. These are spicy. Hit me. Well, don't forget, there was one moment, and I think it was the the glowing moment. You know, if you cut back to the little highlight reel package for her, it's going to be when he goes, 
hey, hey, put that ice in my hair. Because I've heard a lot of fighters say a number of things. I don't know how many of them I've ever heard be like, you know what? My frosted tips need a little bit of ice right now. Could you hook them up? <laughs> well, can I please? So we both agree, though. Mike Perry just beat the ever-living shit out of Mickey Gall. Yeah, and Mickey was and out, that- out-wrestled him, out-grappled him. Well, not only I, I want to call it more out-positioned because everybody said, okay, well, when this goes to the ground, Hot we're going to see is what Mike Perry would Mickey say. Gall. <laughs> if he said out-positioned, you'd be like, yup, that's the <laughs> one. When Mickey Gall ended up getting to the ground with Mike Perry, I kept thinking like, okay, bro, now's the time to sweep him. Okay, he's in mount. This is not the person you want in mount. He's definitely throwing a couple of these elbows that or screaming ouch and uh yeah so anyway yeah i can tell you this much at least mickey was competitive in a sense on the scorecards because it was 29 28 all the way through however uh mike perry looked phenomenal that night and uh it looks like he's trying to agitate a couple people Uh, apparently before we went on air this evening he was trying to get the attention of when Nate Diaz, Kev. Oh, that's a fun fight. I'm watching. Yeah, he's trying to call him out and say, hey, uh, he, you know, he's got these real, like, I, oh, insignificant punches. F, F Mike Perry, can I ask you a question? Sure. Do you think when Nate Diaz sees his girlfriend in the corner, Nate Diaz thinks that's a guy I want to fight more or less? Well, here's what I secretly wish. I secretly wish that Nate Diaz, to agitate Mike Perry, responds by saying, yeah, uh, I think that's a great fucking idea. Uh, I'm going to bring fucking a woman in my corner, too. And Mike Perry's like, yeah, who is it? I'm going to bring you a fucking woman in my corner, dog. (laughs) And then just watch the two of them go at each other. Like, I think that's the best pro wrestling angle that I could ever see um, between those two. So that's my secret hope. That should be the promo for the fight. Cut it now, Dana. They'll just (laughs) Nick. Nate will forget he said it or didn't say it. Like, Well, I heard the videos. I guess I said it. And that's amazing. I'm in. I kind of like, I hated Mike Perry as everyone does. I still do. But when I watched him fight and beat this shit out of Mickey Gall, I was like, well, back in. So just so everybody's aware, uh, hate the eye tattoo, love his performance. So I think what happens is, and I, I discover this more when I kind of do my vague Mike Perry impression is, it sounds like he grew up watching nothing but moments in Samuel L. Jackson movies where he's yelling. And if you ask me what he was talking about after winning his fight in his post interview with John Anik, who cracked, he couldn't keep a straight face. He was I literally. Saw. It was hard for all of us to keep a straight face <laughs> in that interview. <laughs> Keeping a straight face while still responding for the most part, to him saying, attacks, man, man. I don't think you you can't give me money and expect me not to spend it. That's what I do. I mean, my ties and shit, dog. This this government thing's got to get its thing reset. It's just, man, I hate these people. Yeah, and I hope they die. 
the text, man. He said it like Samuel L. Jackson. It was so impassioned. It was like, did you just learn about taxes, Mike? Well, that's oh, indicative, Michael, of somebody that has one hundred percent not understood the tax code, and that is both his fault and not his fault. So I, I didn't know exactly what to say other than I think maybe I should use this as a striking example of how we need to simplify the tax codes. But what do I know? And I do love the fact that even independent of of him. Mike Perry this evening, there was also unsolicited advice from God, I'm going to forget. I think it was Ben Askren and possibly uh, Michael Chandler. You'll, you'll have to correct me on this one, everybody, or Eddie Alvarez or one of these guys who basically came out and said, start your own LLC, everybody, and write off your expenses that way. And it was advice for fighters. Kev, I want to throw this at you because I know we've been teasing this idea of doing an episode on how we can do better fighter pay. But somebody had a really good tweet and I didn't get the chance to get your opinion. But it says, given the entry level lockstep pay structure at the UFC, newly signed fighters should consider contracting with managers who will only charge a percentage of the money they can negotiate over and above the base. Pay them for other things they achieve but nothing on the base pay. I think that's great. I'm in. If you can get paid more money, get that. And what's important is what you're highlighting is like a standard rate of negotiation, not yeah. just like the deviation from the norm, but what every other sport has, which is where this is what this gets in this market. And I think it's, I think it's extremely helpful for grapplers. It's just difficult because of, yeah, the vastness of their talents and abilities and desperation. Because the thing is, we're seeing a lot of these people and you're going to see them lean on new talent as you get people like Jorge Masvidal and all these other guys who aren't necessarily going to take small pay cuts. Because, Kev, you're mentioning that you love seeing it without audiences. I do, too. Except that's part of the gate that they make some money back. Definitely get that. Well, I mean, and I, I don't necessarily feel that way with grappling. I just feel that way with MMA. It's better UFC-wise. Bellator's been doing it for years. Just follow that model. Sick burn. Got him. Sick burn. I would, I would tell you this. There have been a lot of people who have been tweeting in favor of exactly what you're talking about, which is, I don't think I need fans right now. I kind of like this. And I was talking with several people about it, and... I have a similar vibe and my whole thing is, is, I mean, Hey, it does good numbers for us for fight companions because we've made a good point of saying, listen, if you can't go to a bar, you can't get with your buddies to watch it, hang out with us on here virtually. And that's a fun thing to do. But for the fighters themselves, I did ask one of them and I think it was, I think it was somebody who was recently on the last fight card. I think it was somebody who I talked to, uh, I think it was Christian Aguilar. I said, does it feel any better fighting without a crowd and i think him and maybe one or two other people just said like you know what it is you don't have to concentrate on the crowd it's not like they sway you it's just one less thing so if you're making your ufc debut per se like our good friend k hansen as well you just don't think about it you just do your job and you get in there and it feels kind of nice so i definitely have an appreciation for that as a thought process and i just thought huh you know i don't mind it but it is something to consider if people are signing these guys up for just $12,000 to come fight on these cards 
and it doesn't look like they're going to get any significant raises. And they're going to be doing the heavy lifting of being these new stars and carrying the load for all these established fighters who either aren't fighting, can't possibly fight every card. Dustin Poirier's out for a bit. So different divisions are going to have there. For a bit. I think they actually got similar medical uh, blockages for like six months or something like that. But can we please talk about two important jokes on the night including yes including oh my god including yeah. the greatest arm triangle in the history of arm triangles <laughs> yes that is such a a maurice green if you didn't see it whom is six seven two hundred i don't know how many pounds something north of 250 Mm-hmm. He performed one of those moves that is what I would call a sneaky. Uh, it only works your first few times in class. It's the eager white belt that passes and you're like, perfect. This is the moment I shall unleash the arm triangle from the bottom. They will mm-hmm. learn a lesson and it will never work again. Bahaha. Maurice Green did it in an effing UFC fight against Volante, who I think knows better, but got stuck in the world's nastiest choke of the podcast. Cheers, sir, to Maurice Green, Raph. That was unbelievable. Yeah, and I would also like to tell you guys on the internet, take a chill pill on John Volante, because there was a lot of criticism over fight shape for Gian or John, whatever you want to call him, Valente, and his appearance, they were like, dude, I can see his gut. And I was like, I got news for you. You can see a lot of people's guts right now. And I think you would be best to not be staring at people's guts at this moment in time because we're all just going through something right now. Thank you. Jim, you hear me, Jim? I know you're listening. Dick. I know you're listening. <laughs> Well, that in the Darce joke, Arosa f- took my heart because you know me. Uh, n- you know I love me some Darce. Absolutely, it's a place I live. Darce and Kumora. If you can defend those two things, great. <laughs> you and Raf have a lot in common. <laughs> Any other fights you want to call out big time? I mean, I loved Worthy's guillotine. I I love so- this fight. These fights were unbelievable. I mean. The Frey submission via armbar was beautiful, and those are just those. Bozer had an awesome TKO. You saw um, Sato really beat the shit out of wit there for a few seconds. I was glad they called that one. I mean, Mm -hmm. unbelievable fights. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Kay Hansen, friend of the show. Uh, She ended up getting an armbar finish in her UFC debut and got props from Ronda Rousey. So very oh, stoked for that. That has to feel cool, doesn't it? Like, if especially, yes. I mean, you know, you feel like when you win the Masters, Tiger Woods might be like, "Hey, nice job." Finishing someone by armbar and hearing Ronda Rousey sign off—that that feels good. I would tell you though that um, she got the props. She ended up getting a performance bonus, which very happy for her. 
And it does look like, I don't know if it'll be this week. We'll find out. But uh, she will be interviewed on the Grappling Hour as well. So I'm very excited to bring her on. And she has been a a longtime friend of the show. So I'm very excited to get the first time to interview her. And super happy for her. Comma worthy, though. He was very interesting because that was a very non-traditional. It was a little bit of a night of non-traditional submissions uh, from both Kama and Maurice Green, if we're being honest. But uh, Kama Worthy gets like a real weird guillotine that almost shouldn't work. And when they asked him, they're like, how'd you do it? And he goes, oh, man, it's that Philly jiu-jitsu, man. So, yes, whatever you guys want to call that, that's what it is. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's going to complete that night worth of fights, Kev. It was, it was good. I was happy with a number of things. Um, but if you haven't done it, just, I'm probably going to watch it two or three more times. Just watching Dustin Poirier and Dan Hooker. And then having a moment after watching it and then saying like, how much more respect can you have for Dustin Poirier? Obviously, he's done all these things that are very distinguished, that are very cool outside of the sport that he's going to get the what is it? Uh, Forrest Griffin Service Award from Toyo Tires, which is, by the way, one of the oddest sounding awards you can possibly get. It makes me think that when he does give him the award, he's going to like walk out and be like, you're in my spot. Woo! Yeah, I love when you're in my spot. I take this award of yours, too. They're like, you can have this award after you fight Forrest Griffin's biggest nemesis, Stephen Bonner. Here he is. God, that'd be amazing. You know what? That's the true way they should enter the Hall of Fame. That's a genius idea. Modern wing is you have to fight your way through an obstacle course. Thank you. So that's already good. But look at the names of the people that Dustin Poirier has on we're not even talking wins or losses. We're just talking about the people that he has fought. We're talking Khabib. We're talking a win over Max Holloway, a win over Eddie Alvarez, a win over Justin Gagey, which by the way, think about that fight as well. And then potentially think about that fight being something in the future. More on that in a second, a win over Anthony Pettis, a win over Jim Miller, a win over Bobby Green, uh, a win over Yancey Medeiros. Uh, he has a loss to Conor McGregor, which would love to see that run back, but he's fought Cub Swanson lost to him. Uh, he's fought Max Holloway again, like Danny Castillo and his fight record. This dude has a really cool and impressive list of very, very, very cool fights. He has gotten a series of fight of the night seven times. So without even considering where this stands for the rest of the year, it is the body of his work that is truly impressive and whatever happens with him next, I'm very excited for But the reason why I brought up and I previewed him wanting to stick around is earlier in the night, uh, I believe is Errol Hawani was posing, man, wouldn't it be great to see Tony Ferguson versus Dustin Poirier and Poirier's response was, yeah, okay, I'm down, but geez, dude, let me rest, man. <laughs> Poirier is like, give me two minutes to get just wait. Hold on. They're about to adjust my nose. Everybody quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it was brutal. But think give about this, minute. though, Kev. If he gets past, say, you know, I'm not saying Ariel's going to be a matchmaker, but the people who are left in that whole weight category, you got Khabib and he's got to dance with Justin Gagey. He beat Gagey. 
Okay. Which is cool. Like that. But depending on how that fight goes, let's say Khabib wins. Okay. Well, hopefully his father's okay. But if his father has something happen to him, I think that would affect him more than any loss. So I, I wouldn't say he would stop fighting, but I think that could be something that could severely impact that whole weight class. Then let's say he doesn't want to fight anymore or he retires or any number of things because he's talking about only doing a couple more fights. So then it opens up. So either he wins or loses. Maybe he's out of the picture at some point. Just engage you depending on how that goes in and out. But already has history with Dustin Poirier. Okay, cool. Does Conor McGregor come back in here? What does Poirier do if these are the options? You could very well see him becoming champ. And I think that's part of the aspect of, you know, hey, man, put a little patience in this because you if you're fighting like the way you're fighting right now, not only will it be compelling to see you do your thing, but shit, man, you, you're in this conversation right now. And I think that's pretty dope. This was a fun night of fights and a telling night of fights. And for the UFC, it's great news heading into what is and we'll see if the the current i'm gonna give everyone a massive debbie downer alert Mm. karen downer alert kevin downer alert sounds just as equal there's a lot of kevins they have talked to all of your managers (laughs) it feels a little like society is headed towards a second no moss on the sports Mm. stuff that's mm-hmm. that's my inclination. I, I love the NBA more than anyone loves anything. I love the UFC more than most people love the UFC. I love grappling more than anything. But I'm starting to get a little nervous. I'm going to have to hold out some patience on those three activities due to what is an unseeable future in terms of predictions. So we'll see how Fight Island goes. But UFC so far, and you and I have been the first to say, hey, if an outbreak happens, the image changes. If it doesn't, props to them. And so far, props to them. We will see about Fight Island. That's that's yeah. for sure, because damn it, it doesn't seem like things are cooperating. Yeah. Well, Raph, I'm in Kansas, where they also just announced they have to start wearing masks, and that can be met with some varying opinions. I almost got into my own MMA match in a <laughs> Circle K somewhere around Wakini, so that's uh, that was on me. I just thought he could have taken an alternate path if he wasn't going to wear a mask. It's like, I'm headed <laughs> to see people of a certain age get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> Move, man. I got my Chiefs mask on. This is for Mahomes. Everyone get behind that. How yeah. are you spending the holiday? I'm out at the lake. Uh, I think it's going to depend on if people are cool or not. I'll tell you this much. Very excited for the very first time to see a decree that says we're going to make fireworks not a thing here in California. And I was like, that's the first gift that this fucking that. coronavirus has given us. Well, second, because we still had we still had Bachelor to listen to your heart. <laughs> Raph, happy birthday. Thank your you. mother obviously did the lion's share of the work here and still deserves yes. the lion's share of the credit. 
That's fair. But you're a saint, and we could not do any of this without you. So we we love you here at Verbal Tap. Happy birthday. Thank you. It's very nice. It was uh, a very nice and quiet birthday. Uh, I got my family to – you know, let me tell you this. My family is great, and I do believe, you know, hey, listen, I don't want to be that super Mexican that gets everybody uh, all, like, infected if they were just going to come together and celebrate for me. It's very nice. I just didn't want it. However, my dad hilariously put a text that essentially said, hey, son, um, why don't you go ahead and schedule uh, a Zoom for Sunday? And I was like, you mean schedule my own birthday Zoom? You want me to do that? Okay. And then I guess for whatever reason, uh, the room didn't work for a split second when I scheduled it. So for about a good 10 minutes, not only had I scheduled my own Zoom, but then it looked like my family wasn't in the Zoom room. And I was like, this is too much. Like, (laughs) I'm going to go home now. Oh, wait, I'm home now. Uh, But anyway, no, my family was very good. But the only thing that capped it off was when they were singing happy birthday to me, I ran out of the screen and they, I, I think they thought I was embarrassed, but I was like, no, this is a do it yourself birthday. So I literally got a candle cause I don't have birthday candles for myself. I literally got like one of the candles. We had like a scented candle and I like blew it out on air and it was like there birthday cake done. See coronavirus weird. Let's just fucking do it and get it over with. Well, we're still so, Oh, over this covid business because we should be able to properly celebrate and drive to woodstock and a winnebago together to celebrate your birthday but that's different i think that's it for us right do we have anything topic wise to cover outside of people who've lost their minds a little bit social media and otherwise but that (laughs) might be due to just life i mean honestly i think we're in a space of people trying to cancel people and, uh, you know, some more deserved than others. Uh, if we're being honest. If you if you could do a rating scale, I want to be like, can we vote on who we're canceling? Because some days you look up and you go, I'm just not in that mood. But can we cancel them in a month? I'm not. I'm not here. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think, Kevin, that will actually do it for us. Um, when we return next week, it'll be a preview of uh the ufc fight island and i believe we'll have some more information for everybody who's excited for that sort of a thing and our thanks to everybody who rewatched um last year's i think it was adcc fight companion flow got lazy and just said hey we're re-airing our old shit and i was like well me too i can do that <laughs> done and i literally put it together and i've Learned a couple of new tricks in doing that, but it was very funny to see people like you, Star Lord, Jake. Um, even I thought I pulled Jordan on. I don't know if he ended. Oh, I don't think he ended up coming on that one, but he was contacted to be on it. But it was very funny to see how that core group of people has um, grown. And of course, my thanks to people like Octavio, Dane, Terry, my sister, who all were very big, big parts of that. And I thought, if anything, you know, when we have people like you on there, it's really funny. And I was reliving that, and I was like, you know, independent of that ADCC, it still stands up. And for the first time, I listened to some of their commentary. And as a person who was supposed to be hired for that one, I'll be honest with you. It's not like they did better. So I feel just fine with what I did. 
I've constantly written to them to hire you. We keep talking about it. <laughs> I'm Kevin. That'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap from the Kansas Lake. Thanks for listening. Good night, and don't vote for Tito Ortiz, Huntington Beach. I didn't. Not he Thank wasn't you. on the ballot. It was it was Romanoff and Hickenlooper, but you know, <laughs> still I didn't. you have dialed has been changed. The new number is, please note, the new number is